0: All right. Welcome in. This is the Oak and Steel podcast. Uh, this is Michael Cleary coming to you from the Mounds View Roasters Studio. I'm with my mustachioed for now. <laughs> cousin Matt in the first two construction basement bungalow. Trying it out. What do you think? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cozy. It's cozy. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, yeah, a little little time away, a little hiatus for both of us. And uh, we're back. Um, Looking for I, for me personally, I'm looking to get back out in the shop. I've been kind of stuck in the office since getting back, and uh, yeah, looking forward to getting back out there and getting into it. But how about you how was the How was the trip? Tell people what you were up to. Well, I'm
1: I too took some time away and and finally took my spring trip that I always typically go on with my buddies. Uh, took my side by side my players side by side down to Tennessee. Um, to a a place that I always go to and uh, I had a good, good week away. Didn't break anything. um, But as usual, I was posting a little bit about it. It, There's always some prep to do for the trip and I never do the prep after the last trip. I always leave it to, you know, the week or what days before I go on the next trip. That doesn't sound like you. (laughs) It doesn't sound like you at all. So um, got it done. And I, I will say, I've gone on that trip. I've hauled my machine down to Tennessee without it even running. Like it didn't work. I just took it down there and figured it
0: out once I got down there. Jeez. So, (laughs) so is this, is it like a, I mean, obviously I've never done something like this. Is it a standardized, like you got, we've got trails dedicated for these vehicles and it's, it's the state of Tennessee owns it or it's some guy, Billy Bob in the back. Forty's got land, and he lets people come ride on there. Like, what's what's going on there? Well,
1: it's it's in uh, it's in Oliver Springs, Tennessee. It's less than an hour north of Knoxville, and it's called Windrock Park. And I pulled it up here because I knew that I was going to get quizzed on it. But yeah, um, it's an impressive piece of land. Um, it's seventy three thousand acres, privately owned in Tennessee now privately owned by uh, it used to be like a coal mining area and um, it's now privately owned by a corporation who still mines uh, natural gas and you know they still use it for, for that kind of stuff but a lot of the trails are amongst all the oil rigs and all the stuff that they're doing. Um, and they go from easy gravel road trails, which are pretty much their access roads to their equipment, to crazy expanding, um, rock crawling, technical. We've left the machine on the hill one night because it just was not mechanically sound to come back. We had to, you know, bring parts back the next day to fix it, to get it off the mountain. (laughs) So Um, you can make it as, uh, what did it say? 300 miles of trail riding. So you can make it as easy or as hard as you want to. And typically on a good day, we will ride 60 miles, but it that's about nine or 12 hours of riding. And we never went faster than 10 miles an hour.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah. So it's, are you, are you doing like, you're, you're trying to go over some boulders,
1: yeah, I mean, the even now, so all these roads aren't maintained either. So the more traffic it gets, the worse they get. And what used to be easy roads, good roads that were just kind of like good charter trails became technical. Um, and they'll do some trail maintenance, but they kind of just let whatever happened happen. So there's kind of like a hierarchy, too, that smaller machines get their way and then it starts getting – the trails get big enough for the bigger machines. And then by the time, like, the Jeeps and the big 4x4 buggies get into those trails, there's boulders a size bigger than my machine that I can't even get over. So, oh, you know, we just don't go that way anymore. So Sure.
0: So are you staying on site? Are you staying in hotels and then uh, trailing everything over and then calling it a day, going back to the hotel? How, does it, how is it set up that way? Well, the property has
1: uh, camping as glamorous or basic as you want, we went back to our roots. So we, we went down there our first time in 2016, me and my buddies. Um, and then we've been down there most years, twice a year. So we, we, I stayed in my enclosed trailer and, you know, did some pop-up tents and some outdoor cooking and, you know, just some real basic camp life. We went to, sleeping in my toy hauler when I bought that camper for a couple of years and lived in that full time. Um, and as a whole story we can get into it later, but <laughs> um, so then we moved up a little bit and I were sleeping in my toy hauler and then I sold that. And then we got going into cabin life. You can rent cabins down there and they're building more and more every day. I wouldn't be surprised if they build a hotel down there someday. Sure. Um, and it's all on property. It's all on site. So you can, Like I parked my truck for the week and I just rode on my machine to the bathhouse, to the trail, to the general store, to everything. Nice. So So it's kind of a little community. It is. And they've really expanded it now to downhill biking. There's some premier they've they're coining it as the largest um, off-road riding in the South, I think just the South. And then they're really attracting the downhill biking, um, community, the mountain biking community, they're really expanding to anything off road. You can go down to this property and do your thing. So
0: nice. Does it give you kind of like, uh, the, the maker's vibes where you like something similar to that, like those maker, uh, camps that you've done?
1: Um, kind of, it's like, you know, I just go down there with my buddies and we're just in our, our little circle, mm. you know, I don't. We don't really interact with anybody else.
0: And, but I mean, you know. are, is it like this week's dedicated to you know razors and like everybody's coming? And like, and you're having oh. kind of like is it like I'm kind of thinking like Sturgis of the yes of, of the razors? Uh, yeah. So
1: we just we came in after a shindig weekend, and they have like big name concerts. Okay, so everybody comes down there and rides. And it goes to these concerts and it's a whole thing. They have um, Jeep weekends. They have, you know, rock bouncer weekends. They have these big festival weekends that are kind of dedicated to different size machines and different people. Sure. Um, luckily, the the group that I go with, we're all firemen. So we go during the middle of the week when nobody's there. So we got 73,000 acres all to ourselves sure you know loosely speaking but it's it's a lot nicer than a crowded weekend when everybody's there right so few, few uh bush lattes
0: consumed
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh leave some for the rest of us sutter we had some some giggles there's always yeah. some giggles
0: yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. well, always do, a good time little, uh, bonfire action yeah as
1: i mean long day riding get back and sit by the fire, tell more stories, you know, tell tell stories of the past. Um it's just a good kind of you know, check out and a good just break from from everything and just with your buddies, but nice. I didn't get a whole lot posted, a couple couple scenic views. Um I got to get some of the videos of some technical stuff we were doing from my from my buddies, but um yeah, it's a good, it's a good time
0: and it's yeah, nice it seemed- to, not come back broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Less to do next year when you leave in uh, a couple days. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you really didn't have to leave very far to do any of this rock climbing stuff either. You know, all you had to do is do- drive down main street of Mount Horb. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? I, I, I haven't, but i have been down
1: that road recently and yeah it's not uh it's not pleasant
0: it's smooth it's smoothed over now but there was a while there i was feeling like man i just could have went with could have went with man (laughs) i'd have been all right the the minivan would have made it yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah i was uh i went i went westward out to out to the big city of portland um and we did the the SCA uh, Specialty Coffee Expo uh, and did that last... Well, we got there on Wednesday and got home this past Monday. Um, it's a show. It brings people in all over the world. So I'm meeting people from Germany. I, meet, I met some folks from Brazil. And uh, I mean, obviously, most of the people, it's going to be like coffee culture where it's coming yeah. from. But uh, yeah, it was... It's fun. It's, you meet a ton of different people and you, I mean, I I was there to sell roasters is what I was, what I was trying to do. Um, And we are fortunate enough that one of the, the the brand that we represent got picked up by somebody that's pretty well known in the coffee roasting community Nice. Um, there. It's, I mean, for those of you, this isn't going to be a a coffee, podcast but for those of you that you know if you're cracking open a Folgers it's a different it's a little bit different crowd that's that's going to be that are at these type of things they're way more over like it's pour over coffee and if you don't know what that is it's essentially your drip coffee brewer but you're doing it yourself by hand on like with a kettle of hot water and there there's I mean that's this is you can listen to a coffee podcast if you're interested in that. <laughs> so, but they're out there, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was good. We I went. Uh, my dad and I do this with our business, and it was uh, a long trip out there on Wednesday, and on it the trip home on Monday wasn't. It was couldn't get fast. Couldn't be fast enough. So right. it was nice. It was nice to be home, sleeping in my own bed, and um. But yeah, I, I didn't. You don't get to do a whole lot of. I mean, you get to look at the craftsmanship of different things and even some of your competitors and you'll go walk around looking at the, the way, you know, just different machines and things like that. The thing I thought maybe you would appreciate is the, just the, the, like the way that they build these booths, like the, the, it's, it's pretty extravagant. I don't know if you've ever been to like a trade show before, but they're building you know, these things that are 15 feet in the air. And there's this, this one head lights galore. Like you could have probably landed in a plane just based on the lights inside this booth. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, the super bowl for coffee is the, is that the show, but I, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, it would be nice to do like a trade show for, and I know they have them for, so if you're listening, uh, the Haas and, uh, and um uh, reps if you want to get us some passes to the uh a show we'd you know I think the Oak and Steel boys could <laughs> travel down to I'm sure there's one in Chicago or something we could go to right. yeah but yeah I I don't know what what are there trade shows out there that you'd be that be up your alley to go to I've
1: been to some here in Madison the home remodeler and you know there's some of the bigger ones I I haven't been to hmm, some of the ones in Vegas, I couldn't even tell you. They're all acronyms. Everybody in the know is always talking about them in acronyms. And
0: sure. Um, would you, would know. you say that people like the, the folks that um, like the working hand guy, working hands guys, they, they'd go to stuff like that. Some um, I've heard
1: him talk about go to like local stuff, local fairs and markets and stuff. But, okay, um, you know, unless you're like a, a bigger shop turning around commercial right. stuff, you know, like, I,
0: well, yeah, I don't I don't know that it's even geared towards you because like the people walking around, I mean, there's there would have been people walking around the show I was at that I I mean they're just Joe Schmo that has a coffee roasting business and I yeah. I want I want their business. And so sure. I didn't know if you know Milwaukee Tools got a booth and we're walk you know, that sort of thing. And we can and everybody and their brother can walk in and test out the saw. I've seen some of those on Instagram, so I know they're out there.
1: Yeah, I mean the Some of the tool vendors, they'll have some expos in their own lot, and you can go and, you know, try out some tools and, you know, socialize or meet a rep and talk to them a little bit, that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know, time and money, right? Right. It all costs time and money. And especially in Madison, we all know it costs you 10 or 20 bucks now just to park and walk around the show with your hands in your
0: pockets. Like, yeah, okay right just yeah. to get and, and get on someone's email list so they can spam you yeah exactly so, exactly well okay so that speaking of that that kind of got me in. and if you haven't noticed i think we've got kind of a little bit of a segment going anymore where it's where i give you a hey I got a question for you one of those so oh, okay well the the weather turned here in wisconsin and i got out and got to do my very first mo i'm sure you mm. saw that yes and uh I picked up the old uh, Milwaukee Tools electric mower this year, and Mm. it got me thinking because I've seen some other, um, you know, Instagram videos and things like that of folks that kind of bash each other on their tool selection. (laughs) Yeah. So the question I have for you, does tool brand matter? What do you got? Mm. And and if it does, why? Um, I kind of, I kind of hinted at this with you maybe a couple of weeks ago when you were when I when I saw you working on the yeah. uh, on the razor, yeah. Um, tool brands to get
1: started. No, to get started, it doesn't really matter. There's some um, education you can do. I now have some preferences after using. The different color tools, I'll I'll call them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have there's some preferences, but to get started with a little background education and accessibility, that's the other big thing. Um, I'll I'll get into that here in a second. Just get some get started, and then you're going to have to somewhat stick with that platform. Um, I know some people kind of rag on Ryobi, but you know they're readily available at Home Depot. And if you need some tools to get started, what's the difference, right? It's just quality, fit and finish of the tool, and some longevity maybe. But if everything's expendable, does it really matter? No. Now, I started my tool cache with yellow tools, and that's what I've stuck with because now I'm invested in a whole bag full of batteries. and. You know, they offer all these different things that, you know, I have. And, you know, I I I have two cordless routers in the shop. I have my DeWalt one and my Makita one. There's a price difference. I actually like the Makita one a little bit better because of some other features that the that DeWalt one doesn't have. Um, So I've kind of gone the Makita route in the shop. But. I don't have like a readily accessible Makita dealer. Home Depot kind of has it, but Amazon has been kind of my tool dealer lately for certain things, you know, and, you know, so now I'm kind of split between two different tool brands, you know, one lives in the job trailer, one lives in the shop, but, um, they also offer some different stuff. So sure. I got nothing against Milwaukee. We have Milwaukee at the station. Um, I think they're heavier tools. I think just in general, they're just heavy. And as a woodworker, I don't really need big, heavy tools. Right. Um, of course I've dropped my saws off the roof and had to buy some new ones too, because you know, they just didn't last, they just didn't survive the fall, but.
0: Well, so, okay, this is going to, and I'm sure people that hear this are going to go, well, like, well, I guess that makes sense. But, <laughs> you know, getting, getting into it, what we've, what we'd always had and what my dad had was we, Royobi. And so that's just what I grabbed when yeah. I was kind of going out and getting things. And, you know, I, the guys in the shop here that they're all milwaukee guys that's all they touch like you yeah might, like you might as well they the they should have a sponsorship the, the two <laughs> of those guys like the only thing they don't have is the big old milwaukee rolling tool chest is yeah is all it is but um they just won't they won't touch anything else they it, and it's just so funny that they get squirrely about it and i don't know i just i'm like the you're not doing anything any different than I am with mine. And, and I, we're getting the same, same outcomes here. So I don't, I don't know. It just, it seems a little silly to me. And, you know, I saw, and again, it's me maybe being a little sensitive about it, but I, that's the videos you see is the, the one guy on Instagram. He's walking up and, and the the guy that's on the job site's got a, got Ryobi and he basically like shoes him off or says, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're not welcome here. And, yeah. and I'm like, I mean, what, how are you gonna how are you gonna tool shame somebody? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> tool shaming is a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The I just... sensitivity training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I'm too too millennial for for the the job site and get my feelings hurt about a Ryobi. But I don't know. I just I think if you if you are happy with what it's do it's doing and you're putting out good like quality work with, with the stuff that you have, then who cares whether it's Neon green, yellow, red, blue—like who cares? I and the reason—I mean, the Ryobi guy that switches to a Milwaukee lawnmower. I mean, in in that particular case, there is a difference. Like it, the the kind of the hub that goes around the mower blade is at, is made of metal, where the Ryobi ones are all made of plastic. So, like, sure. right? You know, I, it's 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 for me. It's also like, well In in that case, it does make sense. So I I did it and. Um, but like you said, it's not nice necessarily to have three sets of different batteries that you got to figure out and plan around and that sort of thing, too. Yeah. And that's that's the education part.
1: Like it seems like you did your homework on on battery lawnmowers and, you know, you kind of recognize some pros and cons and you made an indecision. And that's I think that's the, the best decision. It's educated um you didn't just automatically go to you know your tool brand that you you know dedicated to um but so this
0: milwaukee lawnmower is your first milwaukee thing like ever well uh, i shouldn't I say that I mean, we, we've we gotten we've got one of those um right angle ratchet deals from oh, milwaukee yeah. so we had what are those the m12 batteries yep. um i mean it's 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 great i mean i Personally, would a for what we're doing with it, it, it's just we're running running in and out socket caps out of the vice. And it just yeah. makes it easier to just ratchet those in and take them in and out. And um, I mean a Ryobi Ryobi one could have done just as well, but it's once we had that tool, I wasn't gonna go grab a Ryobi one just because right. of it's, that's what the batteries we have. But um, so so let's hear the first hand review of, of this.
1: Electric lawnmower. What oh, what platform is it on? Like, what's the battery platform for Milwaukee? Oh, like, does baby. it take like a bunch of M 18s or
0: something? it's or? bigger than that. It's oh, the, the well, big ones. Yeah. What I don't know. I'm googling them here. This is good podcasting. Um, what is it? The f- fuel? Is it the fuel? Like, there's three. There's three different grades of them, isn't there? That well, it's the MX fuel. Does that sound right? Oh, okay. It's a. I mean, they're they are big. They probably. They're probably two pounds a piece, something yeah. like that. They're like not takes, light, like four of them or something. Just two of them. Um, okay. I don't know. The charge was maybe an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And it was already half, they were half charged, but, um, I got, someone gets a little, gets, gets a little <laughs> anxious about mowing his lawn. So <laughs> I maybe I may have taken like a half trip around, kind of cleaned a few things up, tried to do a little, um thatching and things like that and then suck yeah. up the the grass with it so I mean I'm I'm happy with it it bagged nice it cut nice I gotta I gotta find some backup blades just because I like to keep them keep blades sharp on wrap yeah. on the lawn too so you know you a yard guy you do much with the lawn
1: well you know I
0: I cut my trip
1: short this last week so I could come home today and mow the lawn for the first time that I'm the, a baby I'm the last guy on the block to get it done. Oh, and, uh, the <laughs> the adult form of peer pressure, right there. Yeah, Taylor's like the neighbors mowed his lawn twice now, and I'm like, okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go back to work tomorrow, and then I'm we're right into the work week. So today was the day, and of course, we had rain today. Sure. So I got it in in between things, but I mean, I took some time. It was the first mowing, so I did a little, you know, thatch work too, and sure, you know, paid attention to some edging and still cleaning up after that roof job man there's still stu- i mean the flowers are just coming up with shingle parts inside of them oh. you know, it's just like it's never ending but yeah anybody has had a roof
0: done they know what that's like but well I told you today I was like I'm considering I'm I mean we're going to outsource I think I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to I'm not looking to climb up there and I think the guy that guy will do a better job than I will so I bet it won't take him 7 days either.
1: <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. so,
0: yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like a necessary evil at some point. Um mine probably just based on some of the videos you were showing, I don't think I have quite as much wear on there on the what I got, but it's it's we did have a a good wind come out oh uh, two years ago i think and pulled up some and we had a little water coming in through the uh the casing on the, around the window oh yeah so i was like oh lordy so wow. we went up there and saw it, we found it and actually the same guy was the one that came, he came out the next day so i'm like all right man you you earned your stripes there yeah yeah i mean i i i honestly
1: wanted to have it just paid and done for also but I mean, you're looking at what your budget's going to be, and I just, that's money saved. Even though I lost a week, I saved that much more money just doing it myself, and I still don't think it would have got fixed properly, you know, or that roofing contractor would have found all these issues and hopefully let me know. And then your bill looks like mine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I would have been at work and, you know, couldn't make a decision without seeing it, and yeah, it just...
0: It is what it is. But, right. Well, and, okay. Yeah. Let's, so enough, enough uh, with the, uh, this is the questions here, but I yeah. guess what's the, what's the week looking like? It's, are you back in the shop or when, and, and I know you were kind of chewing on some mother's day projects. So where are we at with everything? Yeah. So shift work is a beautiful
1: thing. Um, I, I had off last week with a couple of vacation days and then uh, I work tomorrow and then I have five days off again all next week, just based oh. on my schedule and how we get some days off. So, um, uh, next week is a full shop week again, and I need to lean in on, on, uh, on all the things I got, because while I was away, more work came in, uh, text messages showed up and I got some due dates by June that I have to go after. I don't have to, but I want to, um, with that log trailer. Um, there's some big logs that, that are laying for me in a property. And I was finally fixing the log trailer and trying to build the log arch to go get them. Well, I have till June 1st. So. Uh, we got to
0: get that. We got to get that on YouTube. I want that one. I want that one thrown on YouTube that when the arch is done or the the final steps of the arch. Well, and that's part of it. I'm recording the,
1: the trailer build, rebuild to post on YouTube and. I mean, I'm not going to be the next star, but I just, it's just one of those projects that I want to capture and put on YouTube. And then, yeah, the end result is me grabbing these logs.
0: Um, So is it so just so everyone that doesn't know cuz you know me and how educated I am with everything but <laughs> <laughs> what like i'm assuming you you want that arch so you get the rear end of the log up in the air and you're not just dragging that thing the whole way across or are you just trying do you grab it in the middle and then you're kind of just easing it in onto the trailer from from that point or how does what's the what's the advantage you have in the arch it's a
1: high point fulcrum so it takes a massive log that you know a machine could probably lift, sure, but I don't have a machine. And the other benefit of this trailer is I can get it into a delicate spot, maybe, and use this arch. And yeah, you might have to chain it in the front and just get the front lifted and get it like onto the trailer, and then regrip, and then re-grip in the middle, and then the final slide or the final push. And then I can use this arch in reverse. And get it off the trailer. Okay, um, and that's all used by a winch. So the winch is the mechanical pulling force, and the and the arch is the fulcrum that that
0: moves this log, um, and not just drags it on the ground like you said. So so you'll you'll winch up into the arch, and then there'll be a pivot point in the arch coming down to grab the log. Then, or is it, or are you having kind of like uh, like an engine hoist? Type of feature that lifts it in the like lifts it and then you're winching from the truck. Uh, the winch is on the trailer and the winch
1: grabs onto the arch, and from the arch is a log chain, or you could do, um, you could do like a chain hoist, you know, like a big three ton chain hoist. You could do that too, you know, position the arch over the log and do a, a chain hoist lift. Um, so it's once i have it built my options and creativity expand from there and it's it's how can i move this with what i have and mechanical advantage and fulcrums and all that kind of stuff nice and yeah let's put that on youtube let's just watch me struggle
0: (laughs) (laughs) well so all right what with the this the tube steel are you how thick how thick do you need to have that is it is it eighth inch is it quarter inch what do you like how how beefy is this i got i got two
1: by three tube steel quarter inch wall okay so that's good size like you'll have you'll have a little bit of back one there and then it's all going to be gusset plates on like all because it's going to be you know verticals and then a, a 45 section and a cross member and it's all going to be gusseted with plates and plug welded and yeah, I going to get my uh, my weld game back up yeah. from from high school. But uh, and that's kind of the other fun thing. Like, I'm sure I'm going to get ripped apart on my welding skills. But, hey, I'm just I'm just welding, whatever. Really? You know, it's not like it's a professional grade thing. Like, I don't want it to fail. So, you know, I have to trust my welds at some point. But I'll, I'll only get better at the end of this project.
0: Well, we we have, we have a, I don't know. I I think he's still a listener. He's a a friend of mine and he uh, runs a a dairy farm, uh, down by Monroe. And I had asked him, I mean, we need welding here and there. And that's going to be something that I'm hoping to learn a little bit. So we, we do a ton of TIG welding. That's literally all we do. So we got a guy that comes in and you know, he's busy sometimes. So it's, Nice to have a few options in the you know for backup. And I asked this this friend of mine, Jordan Jordan, for the shout out. Um, <laughs> I said uh, I said, do you do you weld? Would you would you do you weld it all? And he's like, oh yeah, a little bit, just you know farm welding. And I was yeah, like, exactly. what, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? We just dollop it on there until she's till she holds or what? A couple spitter spatters and call it good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i guess maybe we'll get i'll have to have him send me some pictures so i know exactly what kind of farm welding we're looking at here yeah uh, i'll you know, i'll be showing you my farm welding here really quick but <laughs> the other little
1: caveat to this project is my supervisor down there at the farm oh yeah you know grandpa's farm welding and his expertise is you know I, i'm absorbing all of that information and you know it's i, I mean I don't know, I kind of, I have an idea what I'm doing, but I kind of look to him and be like, well, what do you think? He's like, oh, that'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, the tractor is sitting, the 560 is sitting right next to it, and that's got a lot of farm welding on it, but sure, you know, years of of uh, just keep layering it on there. But, yeah. you know, well, you burn through, you just kind of fill it back in and just kind of keep her moving
0: right so i'm sure it's not any different i mean so tig welding you know i i have very little knowledge other than it looks when it looks good from the from the fellow that we have it it looks pretty good yeah um but you're obviously doing things a little bit differently with that so you do you have much of a background you ever tried that no no i mean i've
1: i grew up stick welding and that's pretty much what i'm going to be doing with this project i I have access and can take it to, you know, get it MIG welded or I have MIG welded and I could do that. And some of that back end work on that trailer. So that's the other problem. It's an old equipment trailer that's lived its hard life in Wisconsin. So I'm rebuilding that whole back end to support the log arch and everything else. And I could probably use a MIG welder for that because I got some plate steel that I need to weld and I'd really hate to start burning through and melting my plate steel with the stick welder and just sure. screw, screwing that whole thing up, you know? Right. So, um, I'll be doing a little bit of everything on that, but no, I, that's about where I was, I've gone. I don't remember if we TIG
0: welded in school or not. I doubt it. I mean, the, the, you'd have to have a reason to for, with stainless, you yeah. know? So I don't think we ever did. I don't, I don't remember that. I mean, I just had basic, the basic egg. So I didn't, I, that was just, Putting two pieces two pieces of plate together with a stick, like you said, stick welding.
1: Have you been to the new shop since the the school remodeled and everything?
0: So we walked. We like when they opened the building up. Yeah, they, we uh I took Tammy and we walked around, and uh I think we made it. Maybe my oldest daughter was around at that point, uh, but I don't think the youngest one was. And we walked around, and it's just they they those kids are spoiled, man. Yeah. Have you been in there?
1: Oh yeah, oh. yeah I, I, I'm still on. And alumni with the FFA. So I go there, you know, often and work, help with what I got to do as an alumni. And a lot of our meetings are held in the egg shop. And yeah, we still do. We still do stuff with them. So
0: they have anything in there for machining or is it, is it just wood shop and then the egg shop? Well, that I'm not sure. I haven't got a full tour outside of the egg
1: section there. It's not all wide open like it used to be. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then there's like a, there's a computer lab in there now. It's it's wild. Like they did they did a nice job. I'm I'm super pumped for those kids and what they get to yeah what they get to have. I wish. I mean, it was it was fine with what we had too, but it was um, you didn't know at the time. Like, holy smokes, what they can do! You mean the
1: part of our school was the same as it was when our your dad, went, my dad yeah, went to school?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man, I actually spoke to. Uh, one of my contacts from where I, I used to teach at and I had just said, Hey, if I, cause they, they were gifted. I think I, I tell you this, they were gifted a, a Tormach uh, CNC mill, oh. which it's essentially we have exactly the same one that they have here in the shop. And I was like, Hey, if you, if you need somebody to, to kind of come in, are you guys using it? How's that, how's that right. going? And like, and he kind of gave me the, like the, uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> just let me know. I'll come in and I'll kind of give you the, the nickel tour of the thing so they people are using it because that's a that's a nice tool for kids and if they can get if they can get started on it just just not to be afraid of it right and I mean some of them could say it could potentially take off with it and maybe they go to school for being a machinist or whatever there's some great programs uh out, there's one out in Southwest Tech and then there's another good one at Madison College nice. um I haven't I've even considered doing just because when you're when you're just learning on your own, it's like, well, maybe you should have some kind of a, a starting point to go off of. Right. Speaking of that,
1: uh, one of the guys at the station uh, got in on my last clothing order and it must, his kids wearing a sweatshirt uh, who's in the Oregon high school system and they just finished their trades house. And oh, nice. Um, he sent me a picture of his kid wearing my sweatshirt at the trades house. Oh, so, you know, final picture, but, um, apparently they have a podcast covering this project. So oh, I don't I to give it, that a little listen. Right. I don't know anything about it.
0: Um, my buddy said, the, it kids, so. the
1: kids are doing it or the teacher and the kids or I don't know. I, okay. I, I don't know. I just, he just told me about it a couple of days ago and I, said i'd put it in the queue he said it's a little boring but um hey i I can relate to what they're going to be talking about so it may not be all that boring but we'll
0: see sure i um, think i was going to say we had um is it ed john yeah so he and i were chatting and he had said yes yeah (laughs) <laughs> so uh we were chatting this is a couple months ago now and he had said something about you know you should follow you know, i should pull up the handle so i know what it is um but it's this teach it's this teacher who uh is tech ed teacher it looks like and he is doing timber work with kids do you know who i'm yeah. talking about
1: yeah justin
0: justin Dietrich. yes down that's in it illinois and then
1: his school is rails shop i think there's a couple of them um so, so is, this a, is this a
0: high school or is it an after-school program? No, it's high school. He's a high school teacher. Okay. Because I thought that was just super cool that these kids... I mean, they got the... They, they're in there chiseling on and, like, you know, putting joints together and everything. Like, it's hopefully not for... Not all kinds of joints. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that joke's been made. Yeah. Yeah. But Justin yeah. Dietrich, he's down in Illinois.
1: And I'm not sure where in Illinois. But, um, yeah, his... He's a teacher. And then the school, oh, I just had it. Rail Splitter wood shop is kind of like the school's um, account that he's made and he posts to, shows okay. what the kids are doing. Um, and then um, PJ down in Florida, he's also a high school teacher that's doing a lot of that kind of stuff.
0: Were these guys uh, out on your trip out? Um uh, yeah. okay. So you that's how you got to, you I assume that's how you got to know them. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it looks like I'm just pulling up one of their first. This is pin, a pin to a picture. It looks like they get all the kids hanging around there's in the up a couple up in the joists and yeah, that's yep. cool. That's pretty cool stuff. You know how you know how I feel about seeing kids going to work and doing getting the, a chance at stuff. So that's um I'd say give them a follow. What's let's see the handles. It's uh, Diedrichs Diedrichsons is the handle. It looks like yeah, Diedrich and Sons, I believe, or Dietrich. something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I I just just trying to get a little more awareness out there. Speaking of that, I also um, gave you that that uh, code for Octane Workholding probably one one or two podcasts ago, and I gotten to know uh, his name is Derek, who runs the account and uh he's you know i i'd say if you haven't already followed it even if you're not into metalworking, uh it's octane underscore work holding um they they he he does a lot of cool stuff and you know sometimes he talks a little bit about his experiences of owning or being a part owner of a you know fabrication shop and i think it's 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 i don't know for me it it's fun to read his stuff and kind of look at what he's doing so Give that one a follow too, and then well, I had one more too. Sorry, I, I it's been fun. I've been connecting with people. Um Cassandra Lee, do you know that name at all? Um, yeah, I believe so. So she, she does listen. She said, but she actually does a little bit of water jetting. So Giggle um, wagon, that's her. So I actually started um chatting with her a little bit about her experiences on the water jet and um just just briefly chatting about it. But no, I just. Thought I'd give her a shout out because I appreciate we definitely appreciate you listening, and um, it's fun to it's fun to meet some of these folks out that are doing all the things that you know that make up the different branches of you know craft being a craftsman.
1: Would you say the steel side is starting to develop a community,
0: so to speak? <laughs> yeah, I'd say. <laughs> well, and I was going to say the the working hands guy had a head. and I'm sure you know this guy too. It seems like I'm I'm feel like I'm starting to finally figure out who you know in this thing uh who is it here oh i was whatever terrible terrible podcast and me digging through messages but um it's it's the the guy that makes the hammers i think what's his name ryan oh yeah gnome forge yeah that stuff's cool too there's just there's so much stuff on it if you go on instagram you can get lost looking at all the different things that are out there yes sir and sounds like it sounds like he's on with those guys fairly often yeah. He's
1: just starting some new things with them and the new partnership and, um, Patreon subscribers or working hands podcasts are automatically a part of, a um, a giveaway that he's doing. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's all that community, you know, that everybody's helping each other out and everybody's supporting everybody and, you know, <laughs> following and interacting and all that kind of stuff. That's all That's all a benefit,
0: so yeah, it's all good stuff. But so, all right. Besides the besides the um, the trailer, what are you? If you're in the shop, what are we working on?
1: Yeah, so that you mentioned that Mother's Day project, I I keep talking about that. Uh, That is should be finished up um, early in the week. Hopefully, I'm terrible at keeping my timelines lines with everything, but that is so you're, the talk, the the clock is ticking. May May I know flips over here pretty quick. Yes, it does, and I'm looking at a calendar that says March. <laughs> um, but that like just needs its fit and finish. I just need to just finish that project. Um, and so that project is um a debut for my initial laser work.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, say it.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, So
0: do you want to talk about that at all? Or do you want to
1: wait? No, it's fine. It's, it's no secret. I, I've just started into what this offering could be. Um, I'm not going to go into making trinkets and all that kind of stuff. I just, I want, this is rounding out my capability to offer a personalized product something that i make and i can have a personalized element to it um i don't f- i don't anticipate at all having a full-fledged just laser you know etsy shop like that's not what this is about but uh, this C-N-C. file and see yeah and see well that's what i said i i always said i didn't want a laser i wanted to go right to wood cnc but we'll start with the laser
0: yeah and And um, those those take up a little real estate so
1: maybe you
0: let me me, that maybe like i'll just add that in over here once i get a little more room and then that's fine over and play at the shop that's fine no two seven six (laughs) six (laughs) brandy (laughs) wine
1: so yeah the my my uh, cousin reached out to me and said hey can you do this and i said absolutely i can so um a lot of like that's a pretty popular thing that's going out right now. I've been seeing a lot of that, what I made that design, that whole Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but one of the things that I took from that was, you know, my laser is a 10 watt, um, and it can only do like the workspace is only like 14 inches by 14, I think, or somewhere in there. Um, that file, uh, is small where it, the whole thing, the frame, everything is made from the laser is what I've been seeing. Well, I took it and I made it bigger. So the, the actual lasering um, element is as big as my laser would do. And then that's why I had to make that wood frame. Sure. Because my laser wouldn't cut it out. And I didn't want to lasered out. Wood frame. I wanted to make a frame. So a lot of that lead up was for this project. And, um, that's kind of like where I want to go with it. I want to make woodworking things that I can
0: provide a personalization to it. So, yeah, man, it looks, I mean, from what I've, what I've seen, it looks, it looks pretty good to me.
1: Yeah. And I just put some finish on it. I don't think I've shown it since that. So, um, now it's got some finishing and some highlights to it. So that, I'll put that together here and and be sharing a lot about that and that'll be good. And then I'll just see, I'll just start playing around with it and seeing where else I go. I got some, I got some other ideas brewing that I'm going to experiment with on my own and, and then uh, see where it goes from there. So, um, and then I got some window, you know, I think, well, they're talking snow tomorrow. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Just just like a dabble, though, right? Yeah. Like not enough to make me mad. Yeah, but um, <laughs> soon we'll be planting flowers and stuff here in Wisconsin. So, uh, a client from a while has been waiting for some window boxes, some cedar window boxes. So I'm going to make those this next week. Um, we
0: should do we should do a cedar window box with some mild steel, like like '90s on the corners. Sure, we can get them. It look pretty slick. I think, not for this client, but we can do it for the next one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, got, but, we got lead times here, buddy. Well, she's been patiently waiting, so yeah. I'll uh, I'll fulfill this order quickly. But um, what else? A couple other projects in the in the in the forefront here. Got some messages and took another phone call from a table, big table project that has been kind of in the works for the last year or so year and a half so we'll um we'll see where that goes here when i can finally get back and talk to that client about that job i um,
0: still i still want to do those remember that that we were going to it's like a c, that c channel that we were talking about doing yeah. and then we it we, what does that do that just keeps your the wood from curling up on you yeah it just helps to maintain flat
1: because sure. you know when you have that big wide slab There's all kinds of grain tension in that slab. And, and so it just kind of helps keep it
0: flat. Yeah. Um, And they they sell those in kits But you were, you and I were, I mean, cause you were just throwing it out to me. Like, could, could I make something like that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And And you know, you can,
1: it's, you know, it doesn't hurt to buy the kit. It kind of all comes there and, you know, and it's kind of time and effort on your end too. I don't, you know, I don't really you know. Router,
0: you just router them in then?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm router it in and, and screw it. Usually people are putting like threaded inserts into mm-hmm. the wood and, uh, yep. you know, securing that insert into the wood. And then you just use like a machine screw, you know, to to tighten that up and keep it flat. And I sure. mean, it's not gonna, if the, if the wood's gonna outdo that,
0: then it's going to move, but you got different problems if you're moving that much. Was it just and it's just cuz the wood's not dried out enough when you start working on it or what?
1: Uh yes and no. Like the the um the station tables that I made at Fitchburg one day I just was flattening one of those slabs and I just went at it cuz I was doing it little bits at a time. And that's what you should do. The job was just taking me so long. I just flattened a bunch and just removed a bunch of material off the slab Uh and it, it curled it because you relieved all that grain tension. And now it's got new exposure to, you know, just air and just a new grain structure on that slab. And yeah, it popped it and it's got
0: a little curl to it so sure that's wild so like stainless steel i mean at least in my experience with the water jet out there does the exact same thing so if it it, because it carries that memory of being rolled out yeah if you cut out enough of it all of a sudden it'll be like and you got this yeah just like a if like we'll cut um those little traveler pieces that go for our for our machine we call them pallets and we cut out basically the whole sheet. There's very little left of it. And you might, there might be like a little quarter inch strip. And that thing, if it, if you, as soon as you cut it and relieve it, it's just, meow, it just, it's, it, it'll move like audibly. And it just like significant distance. Yeah. You got to like, you got to hang on to it. So here's a, a steel
1: question. When you're running your other metal parts or aluminum parts, you know, through your machining, process do you have to worry about distortion and taking your time with removing material and that kind of stuff kind of like welding you know did
0: disperse um, the heat or is there not a lot of heat
1: build up because you're well, I mean, it all
0: in that the, bath the two you do do the, yeah you have that but the tool itself t- can take on a lot of heat as well yeah. so like if you drill so for drilling purposes you have to watch how fast you're going into stainless it's you want to get a good chip coming out, but you can't just send it full. You, you got to peck at it. So you take a good chip, get out. And like, I mean, I probably do more damage to the tool by the way that I do my peck drilling in the long run. But at the same time, like you can't have it. If, it, if it's not, if the chips don't clear um, what ends up happening is it just the, the tip gets like black hot yeah. and it, it'll just roll in and just it, it it, like it completely annihilates the head the tip of the drill bit. So you got you got to watch it. Like you can't just go hogging and, and just take in material and, with, like you need to have smaller passes, obviously with um, stainless, but you still need to get, take a good chip because when you take that chip, it pulls the heat with it. Sure. Because if you don't and that's why one of the advantages of having a water jet is we can we can cut out a shape and we're not there's no heat involved i mean the water gets warmer but it's like like a hot bath basically right um but if you were to do like um you know if you're laser cutting or anything like there's all that heat is just transferred right to the edge of the of the plate like you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to cut that again because yeah, once, no. you, once you harden stainless you're done like it's that's all she wrote yeah yeah i, I learned about uh
1: cutting speeds and wattage a lot sure. with this project. That's why I ran multiple projects all at the same time. Cuz I I ran 3 and it came out with one good one. Uh two two good ones and one was just kind of a
0: So you're you're going all the way through with that laser all the mm-hmm. way through the, and then it's it's just it just blackens the the edge of it or like yep. I, I mean I've seen enough of them that it looks like it like does it smell burnt is it um uh, a little bit Um,
1: But I have an enclosure, a sealed enclosure that's vented to the outside. So I don't, I'm not sitting there sucking on it, but sure. um, Yeah, I was cutting, cutting quarter inch hardwood beach, solid wood beach, which is a pretty hard, hard uh, wood in in its own right. Um, But it it took a little bit to get that dialed in, but yeah, I was pretty happy with it.
0: I thought, I mean, I thought it looked good and it looks just like what I see when I look around on the internet. So it's, yeah. I think you did a good job. Yeah. Thanks. will be a happy mother's day for someone.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's for sure. So oh. when are you up to Minnesota again? Uh, well, uh, that's another one that was, you know, I had, how did you, so how have they, how have they survived with it? Is it tarped? Is it shingled and like how, what's going on with it? Yeah. So this is
1: the roof that's half done in Minnesota that I started well it was just a weekend that my buddy and I, I went up to do help my buddy out and do his roof and he helped with also him and he's a carpenter also and that turned really bad weather wise for us up there so we got that whole one side shingled back and we shingled over the peak and and closed that that all off and stapled the the synthetic tar paper on the backside and You know, there's like, it's all held in place with like two by fours. And so the wind isn't just going to rip it all out and have it all exposed. So it is weathered in, but it is not done. Okay. And that was one of my many phone calls on the way down to Tennessee of when are we going to get this done in the (laughs) next 50 days or less when I got other things going on in June. So, yeah. Yeah. So big we'll
0: stuff. See. Big, busy man. Yeah. Yeah. Mus- we'll see. Mustach- mustachioed for now. <laughs> yeah. So, so hey, I, I, one last thing, uh, I, I'm looking at the clock here. Are you, are you, are, are you, uh, do you adhere to the Midwest? Goodbye. Do you know, can we talk to folks about what that is? Do they even know? Um, do you know, do you know?
1: I mean, stereotypically, you know, the, uh, people um you know the everybody talks um like they think they know how midwest people talk of course you know here we are
0: with our own accents and saying our own mannerisms but what are you well, getting at I, well i'm i what i want to walk you through, i mean maybe this whole podcast has been on midwest goodbye so, <laughs> i think so. so so what it is is it's and I, this, and I, I think I' I'm, I'm pretty good at it so when it's when it's time to hit the road you you gotta you get your legs nice and exposed and you come down and you give double cracks right on the thighs <laughs> and you go and you drop a well I suppose and it's time to go and you stand up but then it doesn't you're not really leaving at that point you're still gonna talk for 15 20 more minutes yes but you just it's in you can, there's different iterations and maybe it's a dialect thing it's or a 100 where you're at age wise so you can do, it's a whoop, i suppose yep. Walt. i better hit the road one it's there's just plenty of them so i didn't know in your in your uh tenure in in the sutter side of the family yes. I, I, I have a feeling that that there's quite a few uh midwest goodbyes that happen 100 percent.
1: but i'm standing in the kitchen talking to grandpa my hands on the doorknob for a half hour. <laughs>
0: yes, oh.
1: you know I'll even turn it sometimes, and then you know I'll I'll get into something and I'll shut the door and finish talking with my hands and put my hand back on the doorknob, waiting to leave again.
0: Yep. Oh yeah, so, Grandma. Maybe it's a weist thing then, because Grandma yes. she she about chases you out the house, and then she's and she's talking to you all the way out to the car. So yeah. maybe it's a weist a Wies thing. Pretty much. Pretty so. much.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean. Hey, we could, we could just keep kicking the can down the road and just keep going on and on and on. But
0: right, because you so.
1: you have yet to mention what you're working on. You said you got back into into your office and you showed a little clip there of what you're working on.
0: So that that's just so uh, we the, I, gotcha. I, I had every intention of sharing about the the Cartner the the essentially what that does is it's just it's conveying the cups down the line and then we're putting with a robot we're suction cupping onto them dropping them into a box going back grabbing six more dropping them into a box and then the part that we did was we actually take um these flats these it's just a piece of cardboard that's flat and it's been die cut to a certain you know dimension and we shuttle it in to this area and so it's it's funny it just suction cups it right they grab onto the cardboard they tip down and drop it onto this little shuttle it scoots right in and then we we made this big box and this box goes plunging down into the into the flat and through that it kind of like wraps itself up and forms into a box and there's there's been glue that's been applied and it it makes like a little carton like you'd see at the grocery store and you know, we (laughs) maybe got a little late in the lead time. So that was, and unfortunately it was, it left, it left here the Monday before we went to that show. So Uh it was, it was at location getting set up and um, I just don't have any, I have no videos of it actually kind of where it's done. And I think they're still dialing it in. So, and that's, and that stuff does happen with the, what we do for work. It doesn't, it's not like it comes off the truck and they plug it in and, all right let it eat like it just there's there's some tinkering that happens but in being the first one off the line for us like this is our first crack at it it's been it's been a little balky at first here so (laughs) it, it hasn't been my it hasn't been my proudest uh thing to leave the shop so far but it i mean it looked it looked more finished than i thought it was going to when it when it left but it was it was a, it was a mad dash. So well, uh, to answer your question in the most long winded form uh, we are still plugging away. We got another cake up machine. That's like about done. And then um, the, the other guy I work with and myself, we're going to put the, get the, other, the next one started. Okay. And then there's the fun thing is there's different iterations. You've got the big long ones that we've been doing and then we're going to try one, uh, try to kind of re do a rotary one. So oh. not, not nearly as much floor space, but yeah, that's going to be, well, it'll be interesting to see how it, uh, how it shakes out. It's already, it's already been made from the engineering prior, but, um, it's sat somewhere and hasn't been used for yeah. 15 years. So you got to got the electrical, you have to tailor things to to K cups now and coffee. Um, and I think it was in the past it was used for soluble, so like your hot chocolates and things like that. And, yeah. I, and maybe that's what this company will end up using it for too. I don't know. But um the plan is is to try to get our, ourselves making as a as an option some rotary ones too, because not everybody's got sixteen feet by yeah, eight, eight feet wide in their shops to run these right. things. Nice. So do you get any traction for these machines at your trade show? That, um the ones that, that we angle well i mean i angled it a little bit like i'm yeah. like hey by the way like right. we also. i mean you, you have to be i'm trying to be respectful because like the the brand that i'm there to represent is not that's who paid for the booth and so yes the first the first conversation is always going to be about that and then yes once i find out if you're doing k-cups or not then i might i might show you a video of our machine yeah. breaded. so
1: right well hey that's all all part of it and maybe who knows how things meld all together between you know who you work with now and where things are going to go in the future
0: well and and it's tricky too because there's just so there's so many people in the industry like there's like there's german companies that are making these there's chinese companies that are making them there's italian companies that are making them so it's you're 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 it's an uphill battle being a small shop trying to do it but we have some advantages doing that too so um and before we go i see we're hitting an hour here so we'll be respectful of the of the hour but uh definitely want to say thanks to the your friends uh over at working hands they gave us uh, a shout out uh probably last week i think is a, a podcast to check out so yes i did. i assume that most folks that are listening to us are probably already listening to them but if you're not give give the working hands guys uh, a follow and and check out what they're up to. Cause they've been gracious enough to, I mean, for you, Matt, they've been supporting of you and all the stuff you've done and they've, and they definitely have said some nice things about this, this show. So we appreciate that and uh, want to return the favor. Yes. Big, big supporters of anybody
1: that does anything you know, as long as somebody is passionate and making something, they are a proponent of that and that's what they try to reflect. So it yeah. doesn't matter what you do, but, um, yeah they're they're a good support
0: yeah and the one and i and i asked you the one you know what remind me their names again i'm terrible about about names keith and tony tony tony's the one where i was like i was tony if you're listening man i was i thought maybe you were pushing 60 but matt says you're like (laughs) a young you're a young guy and it sounds like you must be ripped because you're lifting weights and things like that so i apologize i apologize Tony's
1: a blacksmith. To, uh, Woodland iron is his handle and, and Keith is blackthorn up So,
0: okay. Yeah. They're, they're also good follows as well. Yeah. I'll have to, I don't know if I have Tony yet, but I think I have, I definitely have Keith with us. So, but all right. Well, that was there. Hold on. I got it. <laughs> well, I suppose. Yep. Uh, my, hand, my hands on the doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, for Matt, if you want to throw him your handles, just in case, yeah. Follow me first do
1: construction, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the YouTube channel is there. And
0: is there and a Twitter? Uh, do, you t- do you tweet? Have you ever no, tweeted? I have it, but I don't, not for business. Not, not tweeting. Okay. No. And then, uh, for Oak and steel, this is Michael. I, I kind of run the account and Matt, uh, Matt partakes once in a while and shares shares his he's graceful enough to share. I said to someone the other day, I said, I said, Matt's the talent. I'm lucky enough. I just get to be the first one to hear him talking about it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, all right. Well, for Matt, I'm Michael. Thanks for, thanks for listening and, uh, Oak and steel out. See you then.